Professor Brain Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash thevulnerablescientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Hi everyone, welcome to the Vulnerable Scientist Podcast. This is your host, Sarah Kerry, and today I have a special guest who is going to tell us her story, Re Filwe. Did I say that name right? <laughs> yes, you did. You said it very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so could you introduce yourself? Yes, so my name is Refilwe Mpai. I was born and raised in Botswana. I did most of my schooling there, but I'm currently based in Canada, in Montreal. Mm -hmm. So I came here for an undergraduate degree, which I did in psychology, and now I'm doing my MSc in neuroscience. Hmm, interesting. So um, how exactly did you, this journey start? Um, where did it start? Maybe your high school or... Even before that, like, just tell us the story behind this, like the journey to where you are right now. Mm -hmm. So in terms of my career aspirations, it's been very all over the show, I think. Um, I kind of stumbled upon neuroscience. Mm -hmm. I always had the idea that I wanted to study abroad. Um, I think the high school that I went to in Botswana so at this point, um, things happened. I did not, uh, I was trying to salvage the recording that I was having and I didn't have enough space. So when I was trying to create space, I deleted some of the previous recordings um, and lost, <laughs> oh my God, and lost all of it. Then something happens, happened with my browser, it just shut off. And of course, with the recording thing that I, I have, if, if you shut off, then you lose uh, the download. I don't know, things happened. I can't really remember, but I remember losing it at that moment. I was in the middle of the conversation and I felt so bad. But I continued the conversation and we, we continued the last part, which actually was the last part. It was actually a two-hour conversation and I only had the last part. So later on when I was trying to, uh, like right now when I'm trying to record it, uh, I'm trying to edit the thing, I realized that these parts that remained, I don't know how, but they think they actually remained pending something. <laughs> so, um, so that's what I've, uh, I've put um, in this episode. But we're going to redo the whole thing and uh, you hear her story. But for now, to maintain, just to make sure that you know that the authenticity of the podcast is still there, this is what I'm going to put in. What led to the idea of your podcast? Because it's titled The Vulnerable Scientist. So what led to that um, name and the themes that you talk about in your podcast? Uh, I was just having a difficult day and I wanted to 
since I used to write before to deal with my difficult days and I couldn't didn't have time to write anymore because of my project. So I thought, how about speaking into a microphone and just have that up and just mm. still blogging some kind of, that's how I thought about it. Um, then it felt good just to talk about it. Um, also, I, I really don't know where that word or that idea came from, like the word, the vulnerable scientists, but the idea was to have very honest, very authentic, like human kind of conversation. Like it's not like the scientist, he's here and you're here. It's more of with people just discussing what you do mm-hmm. in life. Yes. Um, so I thought the vulnerable science. So I asked someone who's not in science because I've been struggling to get their lay audience to um, read my articles because I used to write before and mm-hmm. I wanted to know what interests them. So I asked someone who's very disinterested in science <laughs> that I'm very aware of. And they, it's not like we are quitting anyway, so they don't, they didn't have to like make me feel good. So I, because it's different when you ask your f- you know, friends, do you say friends, people you know compared to people you don't know. They are not attached to mm-hmm. whatever they have to say to you. So uh, ask him, if you had the vulnerable scientist, what would come to your mind? And he'll be like, I would want to know who is that scientist who's vulnerable. I would like to hear that vulnerable scientist because we put scientists in a certain like, if I think of a scientist, I think of someone who's very serious with glasses. They don't laugh. They are, mm-hmm. But if I had that they can be vulnerable, then I would like to hear what they have to say. So I was like, okay, then I have something to talk about. Then I asked scientists, some few scientists, what do you think about the word the vulnerable scientist? I didn't say it's a podcast. I just said the word the vulnerable scientist. I was like, there is no way you can be a scientist and be vulnerable. I mean, you, you, you you are choosing to fail, like literally. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay, then this can't work. <laughs> because if my guests will be scientists and they don't be vulnerable, then what am I doing? So, mm-hmm. so then I started now going back to what I did. I started yeah, uh, just talking to into a mic. Then I shared it to because I was afraid. So I shared it to. A few people that I knew would be very brutal with their comments, so I shared mm-hmm. it with them. And one of them, who is a PhD student uh, at, uh, she's Kenyan. She's in North North California. Um, I shared it with her. She was like, "Oh, I would love to be vulnerable in a podcast." I was like, "Okay, at least I have one person, so we can just be the two of us just <laughs> being vulnerable. That works." Then someone else, got, I asked someone, then I thought, let me just ask this lady who I saw her, uh, she called, she's called Pilka, or the previous one, she's called Faith. Then I thought, let me ask Pilka because I saw her LinkedIn posts were vulnerable. So she probably would mm-hmm. want to be vulnerable. So I asked her and she was so open to it and we had a very good conversation. And just like that, I thought, let me ask a man to be vulnerable, especially an African man to be vulnerable. And I got... Mm-hmm. Like at, at the earlier days, I got two who accepted, and I was like, Yes, now this is working. So I got excited to hear people who are vulnerable. And after the conversation, they were like, Oh, I loved talking about these things that people don't ask me. 
Yeah. I don't know. I have, did I answer your question? Or just, just, just you did. Overboard? No, you did. I loved that. I think, especially as scientists, like you're expected to, I don't know, carry yourself a particular way, especially in the lab, especially in conferences or in conversations with other scientists, you're expected to, I don't know, uphold a certain demeanor. But um, in reality, we're not just scientists, right? We are people who happen to be scientists. We yes. we still have our fears. We have our wishes. We have our dreams. We have our concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's great that you've created a space for people to, you know, outside the ivory tower be vulnerable and you know let all of that come out and mm. also just normalize scientists like <laughs> yeah normal people just yeah <laughs> yeah no what it's great something? great work it's something no, you're no, saying that, that it really. cut you off no i was just going to continue rambling but it wasn't a full <laughs> thought <laughs> No, I think it's a great idea. I, I really like the podcast. Do you listen to it? I've listened to a number of episodes, yes. That's how I um, came across you to sign up. Because I was like, oh, this is such a cool idea. I like these conversations. I want to be on here. Yeah, that's nice. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now I've forgotten what we were talking about before. Oh, we're talking about the things that we've learned. Um, the mm-hmm. audio editing, that's what you were explaining. Um, how you came your journey to editing so for you at least you had like learned uh, you had done your homework before <laughs> starting a podcast so what are the challenges that you faced uh, during recording and auditing or whatever when doing this production because you're everything in your podcast right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're the one doing everything right yeah, exactly. So what are the challenges that you faced there? Uh, the one challenge uh, I could bring up is um, reaching out to guests. Mm-hmm. So up until this point, everybody who I've had on the podcast is someone who I have mm-hmm. reached out to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been digging through you know, Instagram, through Twitter, through LinkedIn, trying to find people who match you know, the identity that I'm looking for, so Africans studying abroad. And um, some people have said, no, I'm not interested, which is fine, mm-hmm. totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has been a little challenging to find people. I've mentioned um, that I'm open to people reaching out to me and I'd love to highlight any stories, but I haven't had any of that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am exploring the idea of doing a few solo episodes but that is more terrifying than, you know, asking somebody else questions. Yeah, tell me about that. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see (laughs) if I actually do that. That's so much for you to learn. Yeah, I I intentionally space my episodes out by two weeks to give myself time knowing that I'm busy and I'm very easily overwhelmed and when I'm overwhelmed, I do nothing. Um, So... I think one of the challenges has also been staying on top of it while still doing schoolwork. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of big deadlines coming up and uh, grant deadlines and stuff. So that's a challenge too, uh, staying on top of it. Another challenge, I use social media myself, but as soon as I use it for 
something else like work, I don't like it. And it stresses mm-hmm. me out and I just wish somebody could do the posts for me. Um, but I'm having a hard time on that end, staying motivated with the Instagram posts. Like if I could just record and publish and that be it, then mm-hmm. I'd be happy. But of course, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. But of course the word needs to get out, that. right? Yeah. yeah. I yeah, don't exactly. hate it for me. It's just that I don't have time. Like, I don't know. There's nothing like I don't have time. Let me see. I don't prioritize it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I me don't. neither. <laughs> I don't really prioritize. So I've, I've been trying to do this thing. Oh, my God. You just made me remember that I actually didn't schedule anything for today. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, I, so I've pra- I've started using these tools like Hootsuit and um, and uh, Buffer and Hookle, 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 I don't know how to say. What that. are those? They're social media management tools that help you schedule and post on different platforms at the same time. So you don't oh. have to post in Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn at the same time. You just, you just click, you just put, uh, create a post, of course, you have to create the damn post. But now you don't have to do that for every single platform. You just, just click, add, add, add. Then you just maybe schedule it to, to appear tomorrow or the other day and a particular time or maybe post it right now the way you want it. So I like that. Um, since I'm on a free plan, so I've been doing it once, like for tomorrow. Then I do it for diff- different tools because I'm using both free plans. So that today I have for this, then tomorrow I have for this. So that I've been trying to have some engagement trying to get some engagement and trying to get word out there but I'm still figuring that out sorry mm. what, what what are these platforms called again I'm writing them down so I okay. can use them. sure <laughs> Hootsuit so there's H H U H W T S U I T E then there's Huko if I'm this is this is I've just used it right now I've never used it before it's H W K L E from right. Huko. Huko. I've never thought about this. I've just seen it the oh. other day. So I like it so far. There's props for social, but that one now you need money. I don't think I've ever seen the free version of it, but it's a good platform. But Hootsuit is the most popular. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll definitely buffer. check these out. Also, Buffer. Buffer, okay. buffer like the Buffer, the Lab Buffer. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Thank you. This is going to change my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for being vulnerable enough to say what you like and what you don't like so far about your creating this podcast, like podcasting in general. Because you're the marketer, you're the production person, you're everything. Like you're taking so much roles, you have no idea. Right? Mm hmm. Yeah, thanks for asking, and I'm sure you can relate to these struggles as well. Yes. All right. Um, so, so nothing, okay. The reason I was asking that is because um, I lose recording sometimes. Okay, which platform do you use to record? 
I record on Zoom, oh, and okay. I make sure that in my preferences I record the audio track separately, uh-huh. so that if say I sneeze while you're talking, then I can remove my sneeze and it doesn't affect your audio. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I use Zoom to edit. I use Garage. Uh, no, Zoom to record. GarageBand to edit. And GarageBand is only for Apple, right? I think so. Yeah, it's but I also heard... You also had? I think there might also be Audacity, maybe? Yeah, I use Audacity for me. Okay. Yeah. I wish... Okay, I'm looking like for it? someone who's used both so that I can know if I should invest on an Apple thing or not. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. That's a good question. Okay. Um, so you've already shared the skills that you've gained. Um, you just talked about time management and speech and connecting to people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that you've gained with podcasting as a host? Growth uh, in any way? Um, I guess confidence and belief in my own voice. Mm. Um, because, yeah, I do need to share my thoughts and my opinions. And um, I've, I think growing up, I was a shy child and I preferred to keep quiet and let everybody else talk and not really put my opinion in there. Mm. So I think through the podcast, I'm learning to trust my voice more and share my opinions and um yeah so i think confidence is also another thing that i've gained through this podcast amazing amazing so are there other laws that you face throughout your journey that you'd like to talk about that you haven't talked about um when i first moved here i felt very lonely um, there weren't very many people from Botswana coming with me. Um, there were, yeah, I just, it, it took me a while to make friends and to feel comfortable in these friend groups. Um, I remember between my first and second year, my housing changed. So instead of being in residence with a bunch of other students, which was a lot easier to socialize with others, I ended up moving out and being by myself. And that was particularly hard. I also found it challenging to find friends who were interested in the things that I was interested in. So that year I decided to start doing things by myself. (laughs) So I went to a few concerts by myself. So I'm happy that, uh, well, I decided that I wasn't going to let the fact that I didn't have people to go with me stop me from going and I still wanted to you know live my life make the yeah. most of my time here um, so that was difficult because it uh, it's hard to go out and about in a big city by yourself but I, I, I'm happy that I did that mm. and uh, now that I've been here for a while I do feel like I've established a community but it took a while to get there mm. um, I also in that first, uh, those first few years, I, my mental health wasn't doing so great because of, you know, being alone and, you know, being far away from family and not feeling like I had a community or a support system. And also, of course, uh, Canada has very brutal winters and those really have a, an effect on your mood and your mental health. Um, 
So that was a big challenge and it's something that I'm still working. Like, as I said, I see a therapist like once a month. So that that's very helpful. And um, yeah, just I think surrounding myself with people who enjoy, not necessarily enjoy, but who are open to conversations about mental health so we can talk about our struggles, our, you know, our achievements and, you know, in a safe and welcoming environment. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the first few years were the most challenging. Um, not to say that it's, there are no challenges now. Like, I still, as I mentioned, I, I miss home so terribly and I'm really eager for whenever I go to home next. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I think... Uh, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully in July is when I am planning on being back. I um, I was hoping to go in June, but um, I've had a bunch of things pop up now in June, so I'm looking for towards July. Um, I, I have a partner here, and uh, we've been together almost four years, and he's only met my family on video call, so I'm planning on bringing him back with me so he can meet the family and see where I've grown up. So he's Canadian, so he's never been to Botswana, never been, you know, on the continent of Africa. Mm. So I'm excited for that. It's been three and a half years since I've seen my family, so I'm excited to see them. I'm excited for that Botswana meat, that Botswana beef in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so hopefully July. That's the plan. I think in, uh, in Africa, in terms of cattle, and meats like Botswana has the best, right? I I believe so. Do yes. You, do you take that? <laughs> I was deciding if I'd try to be a little bit more modest, but no, no, yeah, I think so. <laughs> you should take that, cause like for example, um, like this is like the ones that I'm working on. I see like Botswana has been able to eradicate some diseases. Like it's the only African country that has been able to do that. Oh wow, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> wow, you're teaching me things about my country. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So um is there anything else in terms of laws? That's all I can think about for now. Um, it has been hard being you know the only black woman in my lab or in my lab group or on my entire floor I don't see in the research center that I'm at I don't see very many black people Um, so that also does um, tug at some imposter syndrome there but um, that amplifies it (laughs) for sure for sure um but again, I've got a. I think I've got a good lab group, and I have uh, leaned on groups such as um, Visibility STEM Africa. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with them. BSA. Yes. VSA. Um, yes, exactly. Um, there's also an organization, Black in Neuro, and that's a global organization for any Black folk in any neuro-related fields. So, neuroscience, neuropsychology, neurology, all of those. Mm. Um, so that's been a nice to see the representation because I never like in throughout my time here I haven't seen very many black scientists, especially black female scientists. Mm. So those groups have been nice just that I see that my dreams are possible. You know, I see 
that you know there are black women doing the things that I want to do, so it's mm. possible for me to do them. Um, and you belong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that I belong here. That you know my research is valuable. Um, yeah. Is it hard to, like, apart from you seeing yourself like you have not, no one to connect with in terms of, in terms of that, in terms of, people say that, they, people usually, I don't know, I hear people have a problem with when people say that they, they feel more home when they meet people who look like them, but uh, in general, as human beings, we easily connect with people who we can relate with, right? Mm-hmm. And if you find someone who comes from especially your country, for example, or even comes from your home, like your home village, for example, I don't know if you even know your home village. Mm-hmm. Do you even know your home yes. village? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do, yes. <laughs> yeah, I need to ask that because not everybody knows us. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it, so it's even more like it amplifies the connecting thing when you realize actually we come from the same home village. It just, I don't know. It's like a magnet mm-hmm. that connects the two of you. And, and even in human relationships, you find that people who go into relationships most of the time, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a relationships expert. I just see that people connect maybe based on maybe they love hiking together or they think about these things together in terms of mm-hmm. these life aspects together. So you have something in common and there's nothing wrong with connecting with people who you have something in common. And if it's that is where you come from or your skin color or mm-hmm. it's, it's human, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? 100 percent i think sorry go ahead no no i wasn't saying anything (laughs) as humans like one of our basic needs is belonging yeah so if we can surround ourselves with people who make us feel like we belong i think it does wonders for our 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 mental health um and on this point i want to share um something about when i was in california so before before i so that's the last part of what I could salvage and now I have the last part of our conversation that we continued despite losing the recording and most of the time I'm telling my story and uh, roughly also shares the last parts of her story and yeah I hope you enjoy it to hear about that like he was talking about the tv shows uh, that have black leads yeah yeah i'm trying to consume more media with uh strong black female leads mm. um it's very inspiring to me i don't get to see very many strong black female leads in the world mm. so I think in my downtime, it's nice to see, you know, people like Olivia Pope, like Issa Rae, mm. like, um, what's her name from How How to Get Away with Murder? I can't remember. Um, I was actually Viola watching Davis, interview. But... Yeah, Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. she has a book, by the way. I heard, I heard. Uh, I'll definitely check it out. I saw people tweeting about her interview with Oprah. Yeah, I watched uh, but it. people saying that it wasn't good. So I don't Why? 
I don't know. What did you think? It wasn't... I didn't think so much about it, but it, I, I, as in, before I clicked on it, I was expecting something different, I don't know. But I was like, anyway, that's how the conversation went, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, as in, mm-hmm. I didn't okay. think so, because okay. I, I haven't watched a lot of Viola Davis conversations, like conversations mm-hmm. with people, like those deep conversations with people. So I didn't, I didn't know. So I tried to watch uh, the movies that they were talking about that she had appeared in. So I went back to watching because I hadn't, I just had watched her in How to Get Away with Murder. I hadn't watched any other things that she's appeared in. So I was trying to understand her because I felt like it really didn't get it. I really didn't get what I was looking for. So. Mm. I see, I see. Huh. I'll check it out for sure, because I am a fan of hers. So I'll check it out, and I'll check out her book as well. Hello? Sarah, did I lose you again? Maybe the last question that I was supposed to ask that I'll still ask even if I've lost the damn recording. <laughs> How do you feel after having this long conversation? It's like two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed our conversation. I, I think it was a very fun conversation. You asked me some questions that I wasn't quite expecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I thought it would just be, you know, me as a scientist, but you really did run the gamut on all the topics that we could have covered today and that was nice um got me thinking too about you know myself and my journey and um you know my my challenges my lows my highs um yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed it is there any question that you would like to answer that i didn't ask like is there anything that you'd like to talk about on air and I didn't ask. Mm. No, not really. I think we really spanned all the topics <laughs> today in the two hours that we spoke. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess uh, just for any young scientists getting into the field, don't be discouraged. Your contribution is valuable. I remember I listened to a podcast called The uh, Dear Grad Student. Mm -hmm. And one of the guests, the one episode, said that her supervisor, whenever she was getting ready to present new data to him, Mm. he would say, before you tell me this, take a moment to appreciate that you're the only person in the world who knows this right now. Ooh. Right? Wait a minute. Right. Take a moment. <laughs> Take a moment and to appreciate the fact. To appreciate. To appreciate the fact. I'm writing this down. That <laughs> <laughs> you are the only person in the world. The only that is this right now. The only. <laughs> uh. 
I'm so excited. Let's nose this right now. Oh In my goodness. Oh my god. It then it then hmm? it makes you come to getting re- new data. It makes you appreciate new data differently. If you're like, mm. wow, nobody else is nobody else knows this right now. I'm the only one who's found this, I'm the only one who knows this. So now it's my opportunity to share this with everybody. Um, I really like that. You know, so to, to young scientists, sorry, uh, go ahead. Uh, today morning, um, oh, I told you that I, I, I left late at around four. So I went mm-hmm. to sleep in and woke up, of course, later and don't have an alarm normally. So uh, when I was coming back, I had some cells that I had to check. So, um, so I had to change the time point from three hours to nine hours. <laughs> but um, just still op- optimizing, so that's okay. Plus, they still, mm-hmm. even if I came earlier after, uh, like after reading the results, this wouldn't have made any sense anyway. So, um, I was I was just buying something in the groceries just outside where I am. Uh, while walking to work because I just live opposite, opposite where I am. Um, I saw this tweet. I opened my phone. Then I saw this tweet. Uh, where, it, okay, there's this thing I, I participated mm-hmm. in. Um, a word a competition where you have to communicate what you do in three minutes and it has to introduce um, on a mm-hmm. speak to every single person in different kinds of fields and others who are journalists policy makers like people who are not necessarily in science and also people who are in science communicate it and people understand it in three minutes and it was online mm-hmm. and so we're competing for this prizes like the first prizes second then the different categories and it was like people from uh, an intern like someone who's just finished the bsc to someone who is well established in science like a full-fledged scientist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and um i came first last yes Congratulations. It's so hard to say to someone who doesn't know. Like, I didn't realize that. Anyway. Talking That's about amazing. What, thank you. That's what I was telling you earlier. Like, I was trying, trying to diminish things. Anyway. Anyway, so <laughs> um, I saw this tweet uh, from the head of capacity. Of course, there were these things that you, you say your feedback of how your experience was, and they write your name and you, whatever comment you said they just post it there so mm-hmm. that was last week of course he did for all the winners and some of the people who participated and then i saw this i of course i didn't know that this tweet was coming because i've never seen him ask a supervisor what he he or she thinks about an award right Mm-hmm. Then now he he's the head of capacity in Ilri. Then he said he tweeted, "I talked to a few of the supervisors, stock mentors of the Captive Challenge Award winners. The overall winner, Naomi, has been working with Ilri scientist Elise Shek, 
I asked her to comment on Sarah's award, and this made me realize how much mentors value their awards. And this was what she said. And I was just standing, I was waiting to pay for the banana that I'm eating right now. And mm-hmm. I read this that I am very proud, and Sarah's achievement is well deserved. Okay, all right. Then she said, Sarah nice. took up, Sarah took up her project with enthusiasm she met frustrations with determination and open-mindedness and i didn't continue from there whatever she said i just started crying like <laughs> wow that's so nice like, to hear like someone like saying it out loud to the world like sarah actually experienced frustrations <sighs> That made me cry. Mm-hmm. I cried. Like, oh my goodness. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Wow. So ah, she was like, Ati, she went on um, frustrations with determination and open-mindedness and learned to find solutions rather than give up. So this achievement affirms my conviction that we are on the right track, doing great science and growing transformative research news. Let me tell you, my supervisor. Hey. <laughs> I know. You're the transformative research leader. Yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened, my supervisor, um, uh, she, when I came in, of course, there was a competition because this was an advertised thing and there was everybody wants, okay, most of the people like in Kenya or in people who know about Ildri want to be part of Ildri because it's a good employer. And if you want to jump start your career, it's a good place to start in. So most of the people who, of course, there's so many who are doing their masters or whatever, who wanted to get this opportunity and people applied and I got the opportunity and I was like, oh my goodness, I've applied for so many and finally I've gotten one. And I was doubting myself and I had rumors that there was someone else who, like we tied with someone and I was chosen over him. Um, and every single time I failed, every single time I didn't get mutants, every single time my plate was flat, mm-hmm. I thought about that other guy. I was like, this guy, if he came, he would have done this better. I, I don't deserve to be here. And yeah. as much as she was like, um, not like, she was not like, she's, she's, she has been very supportive. Um, but you know, it's different when someone says something to your face, like says it's okay when things don't work, you're learning because you're better off compared to someone who has things ha- or his things have been wo- learning, have been working because you learn how to troubleshoot ideas. You become a mm-hmm. better scientist when you're able to, you know, look for solutions compared to someone when they do their project and th- everything works, they don't know for how sure. to troubleshoot. So I thought like this is just her. This is just she's just a good person generally. So it's just her in her behavior to you know motivate someone and not to give someone someone so much pressure and to tell you just go and rest or tell you oh you should go hiking. Are you going hiking this weekend? Like someone who's always pushing you to do the other things that have nothing to do with science so that you can be better mm-hmm. in terms of just you generally. It's not just doing the science, but you're like ah this is just them. But when you hear them tell someone else or tell the world what... Yeah, on a platform like Twitter where everyone can see it. Exactly. You're like, oh my Mm -hmm. goodness. 
I've never really appreciated that. I've mm. actually been frustrated for one year and not getting <laughs> results. Mm. And I like and I, n- I never like th- really thought about it. Like it's 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 an occurrence. It's become part of me, but I never really thought about it. Like, oh my goodness, I've been facing these frustrations and have had this open whatever. So what I was telling you is she's the one who pushed me to do this thing. I didn't want to do it because I felt like people know that I am screaming on LinkedIn about my research and communicating my research and communicating and having efforts of communicating science in general. So I was like, it won't be fair. In my head, I was like, it won't be fair. and People might not feel good that I'm part of it. Plus, I'm an MSc student. I'm not a PhD student. So there's that thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's that thing. And plus, the award has never been given to an MSc student before. So people who were PhD students just knew that, like, even if she becomes good, like, even if we have a MSc student who's better, there's no way they can be given and not a PhD student. Even if a scientist is better, it's not fair to give a scientist and not give a PhD student. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was that thing in but my then head. you got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was that thing before. There was that thing in my head. And it took me so much struggle to even make the slide, which actually really helped me win it. Um, I was facing a lot of anxiety that day. I was just all over. And actually, I sent it like some minutes before, after the deadline of which I was of mm-hmm. course I was not alone who sent after the deadline you have to have a good reason why so I explained I was just very anxious I had finished it but I was like okay I don't think I'm ready to do this thing I shouldn't do this thing I was really debating I know the, the feeling yeah so um so I just did it for the f- sake of doing it and I just gave it out and when, when I was writing the email I thought ah, let me, I was not supposed to be CC. I was not supposed to be to CC my supervisor, my slide. It's my research. Who cares? It was just maybe if you want advice, you can tell other people to look at your slide if you want to. But it is a personal mm-hmm. thing, journey. And I thought, eh, let me be CC her. Of course, I want to CC. So that maybe you're not supposed to, whatever. But I was like, eh, let her see what I've sent. I BCC'd her. Yeah. The next day she came, she found me in the fluorescence room. I was checking. I was just excited about the fluorescence that I was getting and the others that I wasn't getting, whatever, from the mutants. Um, then she was like, she was not bothered to know what at what fluorescence, what are you talking about? I, she was like, she's printed out my slide. She's like, okay, so you're a good communicator. Now this, we can do this thing. So she's like, I have some suggestions. We can do this. She was so excited. I was like, what's yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you so oh excited? Yeah, I was, I was not there. Like, honestly, I was just not there. Um, then anyway, I was like, oh. Anyway, but anyway, she'll see. I was like, let me just do it because she's so excited. Like, let me do it because because she was like, I was like, I've been presenting for an year uh, in different seminars, and people, it was it is always silence. Like, people don't really ask the questions that I need them to ask, like the depth mm-hmm. questions. So that means that they probably didn't understand whatever I said, and that used to frustrate me. Apart from my project not working. I'm now sucking and communicating my science, yet I call myself a science communicator. So there's that personal pressure, you understand? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So um, then she was like, 
but if you're able if we do this thing and you're able to communicate this because i have one of the hardest projects to communicate to someone who's not in science like the depth of it and i was always going into the depth so um she was like if you're able to com- communicate this in the simplest of ways you can win it I didn't believe mm. her, as in I can tell you for a fact, and I never said it to anyone. I was like, you and your positive attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't believe her. I was like, let me just do it because she's putting her mind to it and she's always asking about, like she's not someone who follows up on, on things. She'll tell me, oh, she'll discuss, oh we, oh, we should do this. Then she won't ask you like every single time, did you do it? Did you do it? She'll tell you maybe mm. last week, then ask you another She'll wait for you to tell her or she'll ask you maybe a week later. She's not like always on your neck, you know. You just arrange your time yeah. according to what you what time you do it. Like it's not you, you know this kind of supervisors, they're not on your neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's that kind. So she was always kind of asking subtly, like, Okay, so how did it go? Did you were able to edit that? I was like, Okay, let me just finally do it. I did it like edit the like third day, second, I can't remember. After she told me, after she suggested the edits, then I sent it, of course, I couldn't send it, it was too late, so I didn't use that slide. So I was like, okay, so it looks like we are not going to win this thing. But these guys, together with other mycoplasma guys, we, uh, just a lady and a gent, we just sat in the outside the restaurant of Avery uh, for a whole afternoon and staring at each other just most of the time quiet and we are not normally not quiet people we're always loud not mm-hmm. talking necessarily about science most of the time but they're just telling you like okay so which word is better or they'll suggest then i'll take my time and just stare at them i'm like okay i don't think i in my head i was like just frustrated why is why is taking your time to do this practice my three yeah. minutes I don't know if you mm. understand my frustration at that yeah. time. Yeah. So, when, of course, after that presentation, we forgot about it. <laughs> no one was thinking about it, except me sometimes when I find people who come and like, oh, the awards are this day, or whatever. So I I listened. My phone was not even charged. And I saw my name, and I was like, Oh shit. Then I told her. She <laughs> hugged me like crazy. And we've never hugged actually. She was like, Oh my goodness. Oh my. she was like <laughs> genuinely happy. You know. Uh-huh. So the reason I'm telling you about this is what you said about mentorship and supervisors or advisors who affirm you in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like that. Hey, that that thing. I'm going to tweet about it. <laughs> Take a moment to appreciate the fact that the only person in the world that knows this right now is is you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that's so important to men- like having a mentor who believes in you, who encourages you, who supports you, who also understands that you have a life outside of. Um, Outside of science, like encouraging you to go for hikes yes, and all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Like, like a work-life balance. I think that's so important. I didn't, I didn't think to mention that when you asked me what makes a good mentor, but, you know, all the things that you've mentioned from your supervisor, I think that's it. 
That's nice. I'm happy for you. That's so exciting. Thank you. Thanks for sharing this, actually. Thanks for sharing your story. Yes, you've lost the recording, but that's not the end of life. We will redo it when you're available again. I don't mm-hmm. know when you'll be available again, but we will redo it whenever you're ready. 